Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. to you. Welcome to Repco Race Control where there is a whole lot of love tonight. Murph is in the house, fresh back from testing his Erebus Commodore ahead of Repco Bathurst 1000 on October 6th at the Mountain and uh, yeah, that's a great way to start a show, isn't it? Isn't yeah. That, isn't that a great way to start a show? You know what? They do sponsor the show but Repco Bathurst 1000 Repco Supercars Repco WRC Yep Repco Race Control. Mm-hmm. Aren't they, they need, you know. It's, oh, golf oh, it's golf clap. We haven't done a golf clap for a while, have we? Thank you, Repco. Thank okay. you. Yeah, we haven't done a golf clap for a while. Thank you very okay, much. so you're fresh back. We're going to talk to Harry Bates, Australian National Rally Champion, shortly. But uh, I suppose, first of all, let's uh, talk about let's talk about the test briefly. I, I, I looked at, uh, we ran a little piece on Sky Speed, and the word that didn't surprise me but did surprise me you said you're you're a little bit anxious about it all are you less ang- and that was taken before the test are you less anxious about your role now going forward after the test yeah i think so but i mean you know that might sound strange saying that no. but i mean i keep i keep referencing the fact it's been a long time so it doesn't matter what you've done in the past things change and move on so you know it's it's not you know there's a lot at stake here as far as how much money this costs this doesn't doesn't you know and the work and the effort the time there's a lot of people doing it's not just a car sitting there and there's people everywhere that can just turn up and you know fiddle the spanners and change the wheels and do the job there is an immense list of things the workload that goes into making this happen a one-off race when we've had two test days we've got another one coming the preparation of the car it's been wrapped it's been this it's been pulled off The, the you know just we had a you know, we have the people to come and look after the engine. You've got guys that don't work at Erebus full-time that are coming in, um, that have been pulled in to come and run the car because they don't have enough personnel to run an extra car. You know, the, the promotion side of it, the cameras, the pictures, the you know, the filming. The I mean, it's just endless. It's on, huge. On the operational side for this extra car for Bathurst, for Erebus, how many extra people have been brought in and how many are dedicated to the car now as we get closer to well, no, one, no one's really dedicated to the car at the moment because, I mean, these guys are all working full-time on the two cars. Yeah. So so there, there's the, we're bringing in um, 
uh, guys that have worked in supercars before, guys that I've worked with back oh, in the nice. day for you know yeah. back ten years ago, are coming in just to come back and have a bit of a uh, a play and and I suppose um, yeah sit around and talk about the old times. The, the the important thing has always been the engineer. Who's your engineer? And yeah, he's one of the guys that works currently at Erebus. Yeah. Um, so they've had a reshuffle around for this and. And you know, it's uh, it's as I say, it's 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 a big task. So there's people changing their roles for the weekend and all that kind of stuff to to ensure that they've got all their bases covered for mainly their two main game cars, but um, but also us. Got quicker, yeah. You know, got quicker. Just really, really quite consistent, and um, which was great. We didn't get through everything because the weather was again um, uh, sort of played a part in it. But that was okay because we actually drove the car on the wet and drove it in drying conditions on slicks. And, and uh, Richie just missed out on a um, uh, another green tyre run later in the day. We just chose not to do it because it actually rained again and it just wasn't worth worth throwing tyres on it for no reason. So, so no, everyone's everyone's. Uh, I think everyone's pretty happy. And Richie, like a glove. Yeah, he listen. He he climbed back in and and um, was incredibly comfortable again and. Um, but Winton is challenging because it is it's limiting on what you what you're gonna what you get out of it to prepare for Bathurst because it's just so slow. I've, I'm sure I've spoke about this after the last test. So we sort of finished the second day and it's like we got to come back again, you know, for another test. And it's and it's like you know we know we're not going to gain a huge amount of learning from it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost you know it's sort of like. Ugh. Do we really want to do it, kind of thing? Because it's going to cost it costs a lot of money to do, but we do need to because there's there are things we can still do. But it'd be nice if we could go somewhere else to do our final day. More importantly, though, you're feeling better in the car, and you, you are all those old things coming back. You know, oh, yeah, some of it. Yeah, I don't. You're moving your hands all over the I place, know, which is not relevant to anything you do in a race I'm car. I'm trying but, to think of the word mm, muscle memory. The mm, phrase muscle memory. No, no, no. A lot of it is, but I said it's, it's still the it's just still the technique stuff. It's still the fine fine sort of motor school stuff, and 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 then and and, and reapplying and and adapting to it and stuff. And you know, I was I was going okay here and there with it, but it, just piecing it all together, just just the technique stuff. It was good though because Brody Kostiki was there. Um, he didn't drive our car, but he he was in their um, their their ride car um, that was being used for some uh, young driver evaluation stuff. And we're going to talk to young Matt McCutcheon later, who was actually there, Kiwi Kiwi um, driver, who was there doing that evaluation test. We'll talk to him later about that. Um, so he was in the car with one of the guys, should have shown them around the track, and and um, was behind me and picked up a few things that he suggested I should do differently, which was good. Nice. Oh, you never, never stop learning. Eh? No, never stop never, learning. Never. All right. Well, we talk about that's a Repco Bathurst 1000 coming up September 29 through October 2 is a Repco Rally New Zealand and one man that is making his debut outside his country for the very first time. And I'm staggered when I read this. Same. Uh, Me too. Is the Australian Rally Champion and Harry Bates. He joins us right now. Thanks for joining us on Repco Race Control, bud. No problems. Thanks for having me. Mate, I've got to say, both Murph and I were staggered. You've never raced outside of Australia. That's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess many people would have expected me to have by now, but no, never. So, um, yeah, this will be all new for me for a number of reasons. Mate, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've, I've been watching you and chatting to you and seeing it at racetracks, not so much rallies, over the last few years. And, um, yeah, that caught me by surprise. But, uh, mate, it's been been awesome sort of, you know, watching you evolve and, and turn into the rally driver you are. But, mate, to come to New Zealand, and we'll talk in a minute about, obviously, there's been some challenges around that just with your connection with Toyota and stuff. But you must be, must be absolutely pumped. I mean, this must be a big thing for you. 
Yeah, super pumped. I mean, you pretty much summed it up there. It's been a bit of a career. My um, or the journey of my career to get to this point has been long, and uh, yeah, to, to finally have the opportunity to go and compete in a World Rally Championship round overseas is something I've been working towards for a while. So. Um, very much looking forward to it, obviously, as well. Repco Rally New Zealand, it's an iconic event. Uh, everyone talks about it for so many reasons, uh, but especially the roads. Uh, so, yeah, can't wait. I, um, your dad, how many, what did he do over here? Neil? Yep, he competed in Rally New Zealand uh, once uh, in okay. 1997. It's actually his best World Rally Championship uh, rally result. He came sixth. Wow. Um, so what was he in? What was he driving? Yeah, he's got uh, Toyota Celica GT4. Oh, was his GT4? So was, got, right. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got very fond memories of, of New Zealand and had a great time there. And he's also competed there, uh, I guess, after his professional career sort of ended. He's competed over there at the um, International Classic Otago Rally down yeah. in Dunedin, um, which he's won a couple of times. So, yeah, he absolutely loves it over there. So I'm, um, you know... I'm sure I'll feel at home pretty quickly, like he always did. I noticed in the uh, the media release you were very uh, thankful to Toyota, who don't make a WRC two car, uh, allowing you to uh, turn up in a, in a, in a Skoda. Uh, have you had a shakedown yet? Yeah, that's right. I mean, this whole opportunity came about in pretty extraordinary circumstances. But um, Scott Petter from Petters came to me and offered me the opportunity of. Uh, putting together a WRC2 program that they would uh, sponsor and, and back for me. So we had to go and look at trying to find a WRC2 car. And as you said, Toyota don't run one. So um, we landed on the Skoda and fortunately Toyota Australia were very good to me and, um, you know, were totally understanding of the situation and very supportive of me wanting to extend my career. So, um, so that was a really nice thing. Uh, we haven't, done a shakedown in the car yet it will land in new zealand uh next week and then we're hoping to drive it for the first time in early september oh that's awesome um you know i i gotta take my hat off to to toyota i really love hearing things like that because you know they've tipped in you've you, you've been loyal your dad's been loyal the family has what everything you've done with that brand for such a long long period of time and, it, and it's a real legacy thing too considering what neil's association with them and and so you know to allow that to happen and you know there's all this brand stuff these days and you're aligned with them and they they obviously tip in you know substantial amount of money all that kind of stuff and you know you, you could understand if they said hey listen this isn't going to work but it's it it really means a lot doesn't it it's, and it, I, I you know it makes me feel warm and fuzzy to be honest when with this current world that we operate in that they go hey listen it's it's bigger than just a brand and stuff that's it's about you Oh, 100%. Like, it meant so much to me that they were on board straight away. And, um, you know, as a young driver, <laughs> you have so many goals and dreams and aspirations. But then uh, I think almost contracts can be a burden at times to a young mm. driver because you often feel like you're, you're locked into something and that you can't get out of. But, no, they were completely understanding and, like I say, just... Super grateful for their support. So you'll bring your regular co-driver, John McCarthy, with you, but will you bring uh, your brother, Lewis? I'm aware he, he might be crewing as well. Uh, yep, John is in the co-driver's seat. Uh, Lewis will be over there, but he's going to be uh, my mechanic rather than my teammate. He's actually a mechanic by trade as well as a rally driver, so he'll be very handy to have at the event. And I'm actually bringing over my whole team, so 
the, the team that runs my rally program here in Australia, they'll be coming over to, to run me in Rally New Zealand. So um, I'll have plenty of familiar people helping me out. Why have you never raced outside of Australia? Um, oh, pretty simple. I've never been able to find the money to make it happen. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously we've had success here in Australia and I probably have put a fair bit of emphasis on ensuring I have a sustainable career in Australia before just jumping into something overseas because you do see people who have a crack internationally and and they can come back and almost have uh, almost have nothing behind them as far as a team or a car or a, or a sponsor locally. So our path's been a little bit different. We wanted to develop my career here as best we could, get me to a place where my driving's in tip-top shape and I'm sort of, you know, feeling confident every time I get in a car, which is probably about where I'm at in my career now, um, you know, at the point where I'm feeling on top of my game. And then uh, this opportunity's come up at just the right time for me. Hey, mate, the WRC2 is going to be... It's going to be mega. Yeah, come Ripco Rally New Zealand. It's 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 a class full of classy drivers, um, amazing cars. I mean, you know, obviously we've got a, a pretty strong field of cars over here, but the likes of yourself going to be in there is huge. You had Shane Van Gisbergen turn up uh, in Canberra. Um, how awesome was that for the ARC and for you as well to have another competitor that obviously proved to be pretty good? How great was that to, to be to have that person there pushing you and, and you know, creating a probably a new challenge? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, Shane's obviously an incredible competitor and what he achieves week in, week out in supercars is, I think we could all agree, on another level. Yeah. Um, I knew he was always going to be a threat when he turned up to rallying and I think sometimes people within rallying have this view that uh, we're all specialists and that people from circuit racing are, are going to come in and struggle, but... The reality with someone like Shane is he did grow up around the sport and has always had a, an amazing amount of exposure to it. So he was on the pace pretty quickly, to be honest, when I competed up against him. And um, by the end of the rally, we were trading stage times and in a pretty tight tussle, and, and it, was, it, was, it was great. Does that annoy you? <laughs> that he can turn up first yeah, time and be competitive. You got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little. I think but it, at the same I, it's time, not just you, know, you mate. I, it's not just you, Harry. It annoys yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I respect it a yeah. lot. Uh, I think he's an amazing competitor, and you know, I, I would like to think that if I ever had a chance to get in a supercar, I wouldn't be a total dunce either. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. I think part of being a, a good all-round motorsport driver is is having versatility across different categories. Speaking of versatility, you've uh, segued this in quite nicely. Um, the the circuit racing stuff you've done, Toyota 86 um, involvement and some of the, the, the events you've done there, how um, how how has that helped you? I mean, it's, it's like Shane doing all these different things and you're you know, a rally guy, but as you said, it's, it's about actually diversifying and having having a, a different amount of learning, different understandings, and 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 doing different platforms. Was that um, was that a sort of strategic sort of idea, uh, or, or you know, did you think it was going to help you in some ways? And has it helped you in your rallying? Well, I started on tarmac, so before I was doing uh, any rallying, I started in hill climbs uh, and right. track days and. Um, doing super sprints as well, and then got into rallying sort of probably about three years after I'd been starting all the tarmac stuff. So okay. 
I've always had a fair idea of what I'm doing on tarmac, um, whereas that's unusual in Australia. Most rally drivers tend to be gravel specialists. Yep. So um, I do think, though, having an understanding of how to get the most out of a car in a in a variety of circumstances is a really helpful thing. And, uh, you know, even my brother Lewis and I in the Australian Rally Championship, whenever there's a tarmac stage, often we have short ones that are super special stages in towns and things. And Lewis and I usually post first and second fastest on tarmac stages because I just think we have a maybe an understanding of what's required of you on tarmac, whereas some of the guys have only ever driven on gravel. Was Dad the same? Did he start his career like that, or did he transition? Because we he, he he drove Bathurst, right? Your Dad? He did lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, he's um he actually started his career in rallying, then got picked up by Toyota through a Star Search competition in. 1989 so they ran it's a pretty amazing story they ran a young driver uh search for a star type competition and the whole way he started his relationship with toyota was through winning that <laughs> uh and then the prize for that was to go and compete at bathurst in a corolla in the production car class at bathurst back when there was a range of cars doing bathurst and um it wasn't until about five years after that that toyota said, hey, we also want to do rallying. Would you be keen on um, being part crack. of that rally program? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the rest is history. Well, oh, well, uh, is Bathurst on your bucket list? Uh, Bathurst is definitely on my bucket list. Um, I think that, you know, Dad has co-driven at Bathurst multiple times now with the likes of um, Wayne Gardner, Paul Wheel, um, some real sort of legends in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I do think the co-driving landscape's changed quite mm. a bit. Back then, there was more seats up for grabs and they weren't sort of professional, so to speak, whereas nowadays, if you look at the co-driver lineup at Bathurst for for October this year, um, there's a, a pretty incredible lineup, including yeah. some guy named Greg Murphy. Mm, some idiot that's bloody thinking, <laughs> thinking he can go back and go fast. Yeah. You can't go. You've been around there in 86, eh? Yeah, 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 I've yeah. done yeah, and I'm doing it again this year you as are. well. So the week the week after Rally New Zealand I'll be straight to Bathurst in the eighty six, yeah. Yeah, awesome. That's so good. Uh yeah, no, it, it's a great story. I mean your dad's story is fantastic. I mean he, he is an absolute icon of, of the sport over there and rallying and stuff. Um so it's and, it, and it's also I mean you must be quite you must be proud he must be proud that the two of you are um, you know, following in some of the footsteps and and um, you know, achieving what you're achieving. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I think he, he tries to keep it inside of him, but of somewhere in there is pride, yeah. hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Neil. Yeah. Hey, Harry, you talked about the draw, the draw of Rally New Zealand, you know, one of those iconic events. Is it the fact that we, we constantly are told it's one of the fastest rallies going around and, 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 you know, really super quick stages? Does that really get you going? Oh, 100%. I love fast roads, fast stages. I think as a rally driver, it's the biggest thrill you can have, and... Probably what's especially cool about New Zealand is they're fast stages, but not with long straights. Yeah, everything's a corner, and I think the undulation of the roads, just the character through all your farmlands and sort of rolling green hills, is what makes it such a special event. So, you know, haven't competed there myself yet, but everything I've heard from anyone who's been there is that it's one of the most special places to rally, and that includes people from Europe and South America and people from all over the world. Could someone sign this guy for Tourism New Zealand? Yeah, 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 exactly. He doesn't even sound like too, too much like an Aussie, actually. <laughs> hey, um, uh, last thing for me. Uh, so very early days, because you haven't even, you know, got here yet and driven this car and anything, but 
do do you think that there's potential then to to continue on and and do some more, even some more rallying in New Zealand uh, from from you know once you complete you know rally New Zealand. Um, I haven't looked too far beyond Rally yep. New Zealand yet. Um, the goal, I guess, for this one is to, to get the best result we can and then see what other sort of opportunities might come from that more in a WRC sense. So yep. whether that's doing Rally New Zealand when it comes back, I'm hearing maybe next year, but yeah. you guys might know more than me on that. Um, but, you know, also looking at what we might be able to make happen in Europe one day as well. But we started this conversation by talking about the fact that I haven't done an overseas event and I think the main reason that I haven't done that is purely because of budget reasons. So, um, yeah, if I can do something in Europe in the future, that's certainly sort of right at the top of the goals list. Uh, but at the moment, I'm just going to put all my attention into 2022 Repco Rally New Zealand and make sure that we... Um, put on a good show you know Harry this has been thoroughly entertaining and I haven't asked the obvious question that I would I should have always asked are you a full-time race car driver or do you actually have a real job I do have a real job um I work for our family business so Neil Bates Motorsports been running Toyota's motorsport operations in Australia for the last 30 years and my brother Lewis and I both work in the family business now so I take on I'm not a mechanic I can't do anything with my hands. And <laughs> to be honest, if they let me prep my own car, there's no way I'd win. So uh, <laughs> so I, I'm more behind the scenes, admin, um, looking at logistics for the business. And I also take care of some parts ordering and freight. Gee, how, um, how, but, how quick are you on the keyboard? How many words per minute? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what I'm good at. I, I can I can type okay, and I can fire out an angry email when I have to. So, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Hey, Harry Bates, it's been an absolute joy having a chat to you. We are really looking forward to seeing you in your little Skoda. Absolutely. Have a crack at the WRC too with the likes of SVG, Hayden Patton, uh, Ben Hunt in that same class. It'll be an absolute ripper. Uh, travel well, and good luck for the shakedown. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, man. Uh, Harry Bates, there you go. Uh, WRC2 champion, current Australian rally champion, will compete in the RepK Rally New Zealand September 29, October 2. It still amazes me. I know, but it makes sense, of course, budget. But the first time rallying outside of his, uh, yeah, but, his uh, country. How old is he? I don't know. He's young. Yeah, he's not still not. He's not old. Right but now. it's it, it, mate. Has but he... it, but it, but you know, it is. It's that. It's still a monstrous challenge. It really is. I mean, rallying in Australia has got a space, but um, it's stronger here. Yeah, I mean, we, we have much bigger fields um, in all our events. I mean, our events are huge. We've, our participation here, and I think it. I don't know. I should have asked him, but you know, I, I think a lot of it's got to be to do with just the cost of circumnavigating Australia. Actually, I mean, you think from, about that, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's super tough and it's very expensive. And, you know, and so the and the the coverage again, trying to find someone to pay for good coverage, coverage, coverage of rallying is very, very hard. Right. Well, yeah, it's 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 brutally hard. And in fact, it's one of those sports that actually is better suited, Murph, to what we call in the game post-production because showing it live is actually well you need a lot of money you need, you need, you need got choppers helicopters. you need yeah. choppers everywhere right yeah. and a and, lot of cameras and when so. you, the best way to watch it I hate to say it is either go there live or watch a highlights show which gives you everything that you can't but see but that's the beauty of what we're going to have at Jack's Ridge so then you bring it all into oh, a venue man. and you have everybody there being able to see most of what's going on right there in front of you in an amphitheater style um, you know 
uh, arrangement, and that's what is going to be so awesome about the final day of of uh, oh, Repco Rally. Now, New is that considered what we call a super stage? Yeah, it's just super stage, and um, you know, through that through the, the do, do you think the venue. Do you think <coughs> super me, special by that by that time of the rally, you'd you pretty much have a winner, would you? Or not? Oh, no, no, not necessarily. So no. is that because there's also uh, I don't know. We I haven't got the details yet on 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 the bonus points. You know, for the super. You know, what are they? Oh, God, what's it called? Um, oh, now I've forgotten. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're tired. Um, uh, you know, so there's 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 extra points on offer for the power stage for power the power stage. stage. Yeah. yeah, because because we know we've seen and Jack's that, Ridge and in action. Be we've seen Jack's Ridge, and it is a bonkers. That's fantastic. We've yeah. only seen part of it because the rest of it does actually go off over the back. I mean, when we when we did go there for the first time a couple of years ago and have that, is had it that, two years ago now? Yeah, it wasn't last year. It was the year before. Wow. It didn't happen last year. It all got cancelled. Um, uh, there's the, you know the beautiful uh, uh, you know. Roads over the back of where the actual soup, uh, where the um, the little sprint was, mm-hmm. it continues over the back. I can't remember how long it is. It might be seven, eight, nine k's or something of, of roads through that venue. So it's um, yeah, it's going to be going to be spectacular and, and awesome for the fans to be able to be up close and personal. I find it interesting that the that rally, as you say, isn't as big considering the size. You know, the whole sort of marketplace being a bigger marketplace. Because I always wondered when they brought in the new AP fours, that would attract more people into rallying it. And it well, seems it, it seems it, here it's popular here. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. It hasn't worked the same in Australia. And you know, there's all the politics and all the crap. And you know, I've heard this and heard that and bits and pieces about it. And you know, we you know. It's Typically, New Zealand and Australia can never get on with, you know, having a, you know, like a joint a one formula that, yeah. that we all, you know, buy into. We we always got to do it differently to each other slightly, you know, because we know better than each other. Yeah. And that's that's caused lots of dramas over the years with um, trying to, you know, run a. Uh, Trans Tasman kind of style thing where we just haven't had the same cars. Do you think might be so bold to suggest that in your new role as motorsport manager for the uh, two Highlands and also Topo? Not two Highlands, it's Highlands and Hampton. I was close. Yeah, no, no, you weren't. They both start with an one's H. in the South Island and yeah, one's actually, in the North well, Okay, so as motorsport manager for Hamptons and Highlands and Topo, uh, do you think that's something you will work on in your in that in your role? Oh, there's various things depending on. Um, you know, yeah, where the future lies with with the sport, um, and and you know, Tony's got um, you know, an amazing ideas and things that he wants to achieve, which is for the good of the sport. You know, there's a lot of people like ah, oh, it's all he wants to control this and do that, which is just which he just is, which he just wants constant, to make the right? sport. He just wants to make the sport better and 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 offer it and give. And I mean, the foundation, you know, is giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars this year to young drivers because that's he wants to support those that that um, you know need the help and want the help and want to work for it and um, and want to be the next champions. You know, so sometimes hey, you're on TV. Sometime you have to. Yeah, that's you telling me how to drive a radical mm, and then that. getting pissed off at me. Uh, well, because you, because I didn't listen once. That's right. Once, and you yeah. said right, we've had enough. I am going to go back out again, and oh, that's you driving this time. That's me bogging myself because you're driving it. Yeah. But I am going to go back out by myself and have a go, yeah. just to see if I learnt what you told me. Well, you won't. If it's been that long, you would have forgotten it all. I can tell you that. Right all right. Now. Well, it, uh, uh, just back quietly onto what we were talking about. I think in this country, people have got have got to stop thinking about the past and look forward and evolve when they're thinking about motorsport and what is best for the the sport in this country. We've got such opportunity here. I mean, the the participation and the the, the amount oh. of investment in the in the sport in this country per capita, I'm, it's got to be bigger than anywhere else in the world. I remember you saying this. Uh, we did Chrome Festival 
uh, was it two years ago now when that you know mm. the big Chrome Festival? And I remember you vivid, vividly saying, "Look at the business out here. Look at the industry." And and I'm going. It's exactly right. Mm. There there is a lot of investment in motorsport in this well, country. But, it's, but then you say that it's not just what we're looking at on TV. It's not just on the track racing cars and all that kind of stuff. It's the, it's the enthusiast. It, yeah, but it's, but it's who, those who don't th- want to go racing, but they want to they want to show their stuff off. They want to drift. They want to do burnouts. Whatever they want to do. It's 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 huge. The industry below it is Industry is enormous. And yeah. This is Repco Race Control. Look at the time already. It's flying by. It's 7.28 with Murph and McIver. We're not too far away from talking to Chris Vanderdrift, very handy racer himself, but also we can talk about uh, Veloce Karting. Stay with us. Thirty-two Repco Race Control with the beats tonight. You know where the beats are coming from? That's Spirit of the Sky. You know what the movie soundtrack is from? Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, of course, I love that movie. Oh, I love them all. You know, I love all those movies. Can, I, so can, I, can we sort of fill your boots here? Both uh, Sanjay, our producer, and I said, let's put some music on that makes Murph feel good. And he says, well, we we need to find some grunge. We need to find some Foo Fighters, and we we need to find this. But we we pretty much hit the nail on the head today. Uh, the latest round of Indy cars is back. It's been it feels like it's been forever away. Uh, Bomberito Auto, Automotive Group Five Hundred. Bomberito Automotive Group Five Hundred. Uh, it's an oval. Back on the ovals and the race. To the championship, Scott Dixon only six points behind, and I'm I'm a little bit excited about this because Scott McLaughlin likes the ovals, and he's he's a, he adopted ovals pretty quickly, didn't he? I don't think he I don't think he dislikes any part of it. To I, be honest, I mean he was he can he's pretty quick at the old Indy 500 on the super speedways. He was going to finish second early in the year at Texas. He's uh, yeah he's going good on the road courses. He's going good on the street courses. So, yes, don't worry about him. And so once again, we reiterate how good Kiwis are when they're given an opportunity and they actually have real talent too, right? Yeah, real talent and um, immense work ethic. Immense work ethic. You don't succeed if you're lazy. Hey, just a little update too. Uh, There's a a story in Velocity about rumoured that uh, Marcus Armstrong, who is in F2 at the moment, uh, is is going to uh, look at IndyCar. Well, we can confirm he is going to be looking at IndyCar. He's going to be testing uh, next month. But the team that's been mentioned in the story uh, is incorrect. Had that confirmed from the Armstrong team. So it looks like that could be a real path for Marcus uh, going forward. I'm excited by that. Well, he's... He's having a really cool season with high tech, right? He's he's found his feet. If you feel like he's found his feet, but he's quick, right? We know he's quick, and the challenge that Scott McLaughlin has found will probably be something that Marcus will lap up, oh, absolutely uh, lap up. Oh, this it'll be it's familiar. Um, it, it's 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 going to be a new challenge because of the things you just said before about uh, ovals, short ovals, long ovals, all that but kind it's of stuff. Open but wheels, a different but, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I'm. I'm excited to see him in there, and you know he's a, he's clearly a talent. He needs to find um, the right his path for the future. He doesn't obviously want to go down the the sports car route. Um, he wants to stick with single, which is awesome. So I'm, well, that's I'm, what you always wanted to do, right? Be pure and uh, was considered pure. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's done so much now in that 
in that um, that form of the sport, the open wheeler form of the sport, that he's got to stick with it for as long. And IndyCar is, if there's an opportunity there for him to step in there, that that will be sensational. And I think he'll he'll have a smile on his face to move on and push that Formula One thing behind him, which you know, which is just a massive dream, and it really does not come to fruition for hardly. Anyone, well, it's it's less than one percent, you'd say, right? Of all those kids oh, out there, less than one percent, oh, half a percent, you know. Be, yeah, someone will have some maths on it, but it'd be it's next to nothing. Yeah. But you know what? But I, you always say, given the opportunity, he's had a crack. Well, he's had he's a crack. Had he's had the opportunity crack. to have a crack too, because you know it's cost. You know it's cost a lot of money. Yep. Um, to do it, you know these these categories over there, living over there, spending all the time they're doing this stuff, cost a lot of money. So he's had the opportunity. Um, it it hasn't quite worked out, but he he's one of um, many many drivers that clearly are very very good, very good. And the timing or whatever you want to say just hasn't hasn't led him to have the chance to to go that next step. And because of the competition, because we know have that tight. Because of that competition he's had, he'll fit into IndyCar because there are no they take no prisoners as well. So it will be nothing new. Oh yeah, I mean look at F2. F2 is like um it's a battlefield out there, man. So IndyCar's like that too. So that won't be a that won't be a problem. He won't, you know, he's not going to be sort of uh, um, having to build up that confidence of, of all these cars, yeah. you know, so desperate around him. They're all desperate, and he's been living in a desperate world for a long time. Marcus Armstrong, confirmation he will test IndyCars next month, we are told. Who Exciting. with? Who with? Who cares? Exciting times. Look at the time already. 7.37, not uh, too far away. We'll come back and have a chat to Chris Vanderdrift. Forty-one on Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver talking to Chris Vanderdrift shortly of Veloce Karting and also uh, endurance racing fame. Took uh, four young men across on the what he, his Veloce Academy for like well, it was 13, 14 days to try the best against the best in Europe, and it was a huge learning curve. We'll get the reaction to that trip in just a moment. Uh, we were talking about single seaters. I suppose we should also keep talking about what the hell is going on with Alpine and McLaren. I mean, it, they're reporting now that Daniel Ricciardo wants a $21 million payout and that both, the latest was both contracts are valid uh, but that it would appear that McLaren might be willing, uh, or Alpine might be willing to let Piastri go. What? Is, is this not the biggest cluster uh, of a contract? Well, well, just remember, we're actually, um, this is the second one this year. Remember Ganassi? Well, that's the gone Ganassi quiet. Deal. That's gone quiet, well, that's it? it's going to it's going to court. I mean, they were playing quite nicely the other week, wherever they were. When he finished sick mm. on the podium. And oh, he, at, at Nashville. Chip, Chip came up and said, oh, well done. Yeah. yeah pretty, but she squeezed his hand really hard too. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so he's, they're, they're playing that game over there. And then and it's been overshadowed a little bit by the whole uh, Alpine Piastri uh, debacle. And I think that's all. I think that's what it's going to be. And there's been some very interesting commentary around it all too. And. Uh, the comments from old mate uh, from Alpine, what's his name, Otmar, um, and some of the things he said, um, you know, it's, it's it's pretty full on stuff. It's heavy, heavy stuff. And I'm what worried. Would you, what would you do? 
What would you do? If well, you, it if depends. You, if, yeah, but it depends on what actually. The, I mean, no one's coming out and saying what's in these contracts. There's been no statements about. They just say, "Oh, we're right." No, no, we're right. We, you know, why doesn't someone come out and actually say what it says? Maybe they can't through confidentiality or something, I suppose. But, um, so, I'm, you know, that's what I would do. See, there's an interesting point here. Uh, Piastri, uh, this came from Otmar from Alpine. He says, well, we, we funded him and yeah, helped no, no, him that's all, what I'm talking all about. That's the, the way, all that's the way through about. his junior career. Well, you're going to put a civil case on him for, for all the costs, the millions and millions and millions that they've spent on preparing him for, um, for Formula One. That's okay. what they, he's suggesting that might happen. So if you were Daniel and this was going on, how would you Pretty be hard feeling? To focus. And, but what, what would you what would you want now? What would you want? Would you want out of McLaren? Well, because it's always been rosy. Him and him and Zach have been like best ba- mates, having bets, yeah. driving a NASCAR, do this, do that, and then mm. this suddenly happens in a car. By the way, that wasn't perfect. Well, it's not perfect. Now, let me take you back though. Listen to me. I am. I'm just. You're, I'm just texting. On the phone. I'm trying to just you're texting make sure. and, t- and talking. I'm at the same texting time. Chris Vanderdrift. I'm not driving a car. So I am listening to you. So let's just actually go back um, a short while, and remember what Daniel did to Alpine. No one's talking about that. No. He so went, he, 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 he lasted two so he seasons had, of he three. Had a, he had a three co- three year contract. He bailed after two. No, he bailed after one. He stayed on, but he he told the world and told that team that after one year, before that even raced in the second season of his contract, before that even got to the first race of the second year of his contract, he had told them he was leaving. Now, you know, people are up in arms about the way that, but he's being treated. By this, and I agree, but he didn't exactly cover himself in you know beer and skittles when he and they were very angry. Remember Sybil Abatulia? Yeah, he was not happy. Go and watch Drive to Survive. Well, go and check that you got a tattoo. Go and watch Drive to because Survive because you lost a bit and you've got that Daniel no, tattoo on your that, That's not the bit you're angry about. You're angry because he was he was going to be the future for the team and all this, and he committed and blah blah blah. Next minute, I want out. I'm leaving, and he walked away at the end of the season and went to McLaren. So, you know, you've, there's a lot more. We've, we forget very quickly. Now, I don't agree with the way this has all been handled. I think it's been horrid. And clearly teams with these multi-million dollar contracts and all these things don't actually know what the hell they're doing by the looks of it. They all actually look pretty. They look pretty average Well, I think in I, their I, professionalism, the whole lot of them. Yeah, okay. I've just had a year on it now uh, from from Chris, so we should. Uh, he, he, you know what? He probably forgot. It's a Thursday night. I'd it's, forget. It's, it's only cold. you and me. It's cold. Well, it's cold and wet. And by the way, if you're in the Northland area or you're in the Nelson Please area down west coast, uh, we are thinking of you, particularly in the Nelson area, which is a state of emergency and there's water everywhere. So uh, uh, we'll try and keep you company the best we can. Uh, it's a seven forty-seven. Chris Vanderdrift, not too far away. Uh, he took four young men, and we interviewed two of them: Ayrton Williams. Great name, and also Carson Daly, actually pretty cool name as well, uh, on <coughs> Sky Speed. Carson Daly, who's 12, Ayrton Williams, who's 16, uh, Braxton Kreivanger, who's 10, and uh, Vin Schelp, who's 14, in the Veloci Karting Academy. They spent about two weeks in Europe, and Chris has finally remembered to pick up the phone. Good evening to you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. I was just busy doing kids, and then I realised, like, holy, you guys are trying to get over. No me, priorities, but, um, please. Priorities. <laughs> uh, talk, 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 talk to us about the trip and what the young men learned. Hey, so yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was super, super hot over there. So I think that was the first that was the first shock for everybody. Um, 
getting getting used to the heat again because we just come from winter. But um, but first we went over there. We started off with the first run in Genk in Belgium. Um, in where? Actually, first we got there in, in Belgium. Oh. Um, we were in Genk was the first Genk. trip we went to. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, Genk. Yeah. Um, so they started off there, and now it's pretty much like a warm up weekend. So they sort of got to grips with with the tyres and and how the team worked over there, and and um, they actually got some good results already. And Ayrton was the best out of the out of the four. He was fifth in his final, so that was pretty good. And and the other guys did really well as well. Um, and then basically we had we had a trip down to down to Italy. We were going to fly, but we ended up um, driving down for the problems of the flights over there. So that was that was pretty cool for the guys to see all that. And then got down to Italy, had a day spare, swim in the pool where we were staying, and basically then it was straight into it from the Wednesday onwards. Uh, Castelletto was where you raced at Iami, right? Yes, yeah, correct. That's the one. So how do, how do the youngsters, and they're all youngsters, uh, handle the size of the fields? I read on one of your Instagram posts, you know, they were dealing with fields and practice that were like race fields, 30, 40 carts at a time. Yeah, yeah. So like the, the, the race in Belgium, they the biggest class was about 36, I think it was, um, or even 44. Um, but like when we went down, down to Italy, like Ayrton's class had 108 drivers in it. Um, the other guys had 50, 60 drivers, so like, the fields were huge. Although you don't drive all together on practice, you drive in um, sort of groups of 50, which is also massive. <laughs> groups so of it's, 50 it's like a massive, on a go-kart track. Massive freight train. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was huge. Like, you, you watch them when they come out um, of the grid, and they just keep coming. They just keep coming the whole time. <laughs> and then by the time the first guy's come out, he's nearly come around, and the guy's still coming out of the pit, so... It was just mental. It was like um, it was like a full-on race already. So when they um, got out and track for practice, and so that was quite interesting. And then they sort of quickly realised that this mean they mean business, you know, already in practice. And there was guys rolling over and having massive shunts already in testing, you know. So it was um, a bit of an eye opener. Um, take it, you go back to being, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old or whatever. Um, I would have absolutely been crapping myself. That just wouldn't. I wouldn't. Have, I don't think I would have been able to function with, with coming from New Zealand to dealing with that. I mean, how how did how did they mentally deal with with being in that environment? Hey, like the, the guys actually really like adapted well. I thought, um, and it was definitely like you start, I've been dropped in the in the deep end, and that's swimming, you know, the, for survival. So it was actually pretty cool to see how they how they all tackled it and went on with it, and. Um, to be honest, they didn't. None of them had a problem in that sense. They just, they just had to really up the game. Like, holy shit, these guys are really pushing in practice, and and they got their elbows out and they're crashing with each other already. And once they quickly figured that out, they they were playing the game just like they were. So it was actually um really cool to see. And oh, they had the Wednesday practice, the Thursday practice, and by Thursday they're all like, oh yeah, I know how to do this now, and they're figuring it out. So they're getting their own groove and rhythm and. They saw how, how it went. So, um, no, they, they put it in good as gold, actually. Sounds like a heap of fun, mate. We'll talk about this more, but we're get, we're get, we've got to keep moving tonight. Thanks for your time, Chris. Chris Vandedrift from Veloce Karting at 7.51. Uh, 7.55, not too far away from going to a break, and then we're back with Matthew McCutcheon, a young Kiwi driver who was over uh, testing a car around Murph with Erebus and also SVG ahead of Sandown. Hey, did you see, I don't know if you saw Murph, but the uh, the authorities have had uh, secret speed cameras catching people texting on their phone. 50,000 people have been nabbed, not not going to be prosecuted, but they've been nabbed in this country uh, texting on their phone. Oh, shock horror. Oh, my goodness. And when they launched this a few months ago, it was like, you really need to do a trial to let people to tell everybody that that's happening. Just go and stand on the street corner. Yeah, well done, NZTA. How much did that trial cost? And no one's been penalised for it. 
Oh my god. Okay. Poke the bear, that's what happens. 7.55. Idiots. Coming your way after 8 o'clock. SVG ahead of Sandown, where he cleaned up last year, injured. And young Matthew McCutcheon, another young talent that has been backed by the Tony Quinn Foundation, or the uh, Racing Academy, and is doing good things and hopefully wants to do great things. So keep it right here on Ripco Race Control. o'clock. This is Repco Race Control on Thursday the 18th of August 2022 around New Zealand and Australia. You can hear us on the SEN or SENZ app and trust your Thursday is going well. Again, we are feeling for you in the Northland and Buller and uh, Nelson Bays areas because of the flooding that's going on. Please uh, take it easy and make sure we know the authorities are out there doing their best. So if you're in trouble, just to call the right numbers. Now, before we talk to Matthew McCutcheon, I want to talk about the 2026 power units of F1. Because for some weird reason, I stumbled upon some uh, Spaniard saying, I'm not going to do my Spanish accent. Please uh, don't. Uh, uh, this is how. This is what the new units look like and what's going to happen in 2026 in 90 seconds. So uh, the, the one thing that I love is they want to make, keep the noise around and they want to, they want to keep primarily high-revving internal combustion units, right? So we're, we're all happy about that, right? But they are trying to avoid, quote, excessive differences in performance, creating a more even field for an enhanced racing experience. So what are they doing? Uh, they want to be net carbon zero, net zero carbon. So they are increasing the electrical power up to 50% and using 100% sustainable fuel. Are you happy with that? Uh, yeah, the sustainable so, yeah. fuel I'm cool with, and more yeah, yeah. more electric. It's so sustainable. The, the fuel thing's good. Yeah. I mean, who, who's using that at the moment? Someone's using that. Uh, WRC, WRC use it. That, that, they they are. Mm. I read that with a Hyundai. We're making a big push for that one. Mm. Uh, we won't worry about the financial things because I'm, I'm more interested in the tech. <laughs> I'm more interested in the tech. Oh, well, they got rid of the motor generator unit using the heat, and so and so okay. they're going to it's increase in the power output of the engine recovery system being increased to 350 kilowatts. Now, mm. you need to answer this question Answer this question for me because I didn't understand. That 350 kilowatts is always on tap, right? Well, they, they, they've got to charge the system. They Which charge is, the system through the heat and through the rege, regenerative, the generators, the heat generator, and also, um, uh, what's the other one? Because someone said to me, is it, the the break, is it just the braking? No, that's no. A re, re, it's, there's some, some no, no, it's in the engines. The engine regenerates. There's two of them. There's kinetic energy and um, MGU-H and MGU-K or whatever they are. I can't remember now. Um, and so there's two ways to recharge. Yeah. So there's two ways to recharge the battery um, through the, the, the engine system. So it's, it's, it's very clever. It's very, very clever. So they, they're obviously going to harm and capture even more of it now. Clever, but how expensive and difficult to maintain, well, you know? Yes and no. I think they're going to get better and better at it and make them more efficient and cheaper as they go. But, you know, that's 2026. It's a few years away. No, but but it did say here that um, 
It sounds like it was it was believed to have been a prerequisite for Porsche and Audi that's to now, act on the interest. Now that excites me. Porsche. It looks like more and more I hear what uh, from Red Bull that Porsche are going to take a bigger stake in Red Bull, like a even a controlling stake. Uh, Is that a Philip uh, Mignon stake? <laughs> That an expensive steak, <laughs> and that Audi. Wagyu. Just, <laughs> that's an expensive steak. Mm. Oh, have you ever had a? Oh, you would have had a Wagyu steak. Have you had a Wagyu steak? I think someone gave me a bite of one. Seriously? Mm. I, don't know. I can't remember. Uh, the the other thing too is uh, Audi. Will they buy McLaren? They've apparently turned them down once, but uh, well, they went and refinanced uh, massively mm. not that long ago. Uh, the Bahrainian. Um, was it Royal Family or whatever, or someone over there went and bought a whole lot more of it, So, which is, is a bit sad, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? But who the knows? fact that, because uh, they're all the same group. Portia. Nothing would surprise us in Formula One at the moment. But um, does that not excite you that two of the most iconic names are coming into, into, I mean, fo- yeah. into yeah, yeah, Formula yeah. One, Absolutely. Audi and Porsche? Absolutely. But, you know, and it's, it's quite interesting, too, that they have now decided they want to be in Formula One. Not. Not in other things. Formula E. So oh, no, Porsche and Formula Porsche E. Porsche are in there, but they won't be there for long, I don't see. Well, Mercedes are gone now. That's McLaren and Formula E because yeah. they're, they're going all that way. And look, we must say congratulations to Mitch Evans for finishing second in Formula E. Uh, are you going to congratulate Stoffel Van Dorn? And then I'll congratulate Stoffel Van Dorn as well. For winning? For winning. Yeah, what a great drive it was in the first that, race oh, for, for Mitch to, um, you know, just keep it alive, keep the championship alive. I mean, he couldn't do anything more. It was up to everybody else to to do, to make mistakes or whatever. He did everything he could. But then on the second leg of the final round, Bad just, just couldn't quite get the Tapped job the done. the wall in quality, yeah. put him down to about 13th and Stoffel qualified in P3 and it was basically yeah. all over Red Rover. But well, it wasn't because there's was a lot of crashes. There was a lot going on. Oh, so man, it, was, it wasn't over until the, you know, what sung and. Um, unfortunately, it didn't just work, it didn't work well, out. Why for, can't you? Can you not say that you know what song? Because is that not appropriate? Oh, now? maybe Fat Lady Sings. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> can, I we, can, we that. Say, can we let yeah. say that anymore? So it wasn't over, but it, but unfortunately, he didn't quite make it. So it ended up being a great season for Mitch Evans. It really, yeah, you but, know. But, but again, um, again, on but, the last you know, weekend, yeah, things just don't go right. Yeah, you know, you don't like being the year? first loser because no one remembers it. Well, that is so hard. No, it's true. It's absolutely yeah, true. He would say, I bet you, he would say the same thing. Yes, he's finished second, and the Jaguar will be happy, and he'll get lots of bonuses and all that stuff, but. At the end of the day, what are you in there to win? What What are you in there to do, Sanjay? No, what are you in there to do? Answer when, me. When? Yeah, right. But I don't. I would never consider myself a first loser. Oh, every time I was second, I was the first loser. Absolutely. How, how often were you first loser? Oh, not enough, probably. A few <laughs> times, though. Few I, times. I know there is one young man that does not want to be first loser, and that is young Matthew McCutcheon, who joins us now. Uh, placed in his first season of Toyota E6, he placed six on the back of the. Tony Quinn, uh, the, yeah, he was the uh, 86 scholarship winner. He won the shootout, picked up 30 well, Gs, which was sh- pretty cool. Unfortunately, he didn't win the shootout because we didn't have one because of COVID. Thank oh, okay. You. But he, he was well helped out, and he joins us right now after spending some time with Erebus over the last couple of days. Hey, Matt, Hugh, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been an awesome time lately. Uh, obviously, testing with Erebus yesterday was a dream come true. Are you home? No, no, I'm still in Melbourne at the moment. So, yeah, staying for Sandown to watch the Oh, you told me on. that. I should listen better and pay more attention, shouldn't I? You said you were staying around for for the weekend. So, um, yeah, yeah, good, mate. Um, yeah, listen, how was yesterday? Obviously, the first day was a bit of a a bit of a bit drama, a few issues there with the car to get sorted, which actually only turned out to be a spark plug, which was um, a bit of a bummer. Stood around and, and watched me go round and round all, most of the day. Uh, but yesterday, did it all go to plan? 
yeah, yesterday I went to plan the weather, played ball, and um, we finally we got to go in the car. We got um, three sessions, which was um, it was just such an unreal experience, you know, just um, how crazy the cars are and how fast you can go into corners and stuff like that. It's just absolutely unreal. What were you driving, mate? Yeah, we were driving the uh, Mercador. So Airbus uh, a few years ago ran the Mercedes cars. Um, so they've rebodied it now with a Holden car. So looks just like a V8 supercar. Oh wow, and and but it's got a it's got a Mercedes um, supercar engine from back in two thousand nine, oh, nice. thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And Love that. Love the sound of that. That'd be that'd be sounds cool. the same as a supercar. Oh. oh, okay, right, all right. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Uh, what? Where was the challenge for you? I think the challenge was just adjusting to how late you can go into the corners. Like the cars are so well developed now that you can just break so late. You know, like I was talking to Murphy before I went over and. You know, he was saying they're more like GT cars, and that, that made so much sense in my head when, when we're out there, you know, just having to use those brakes and use the aero to get you around the corner. Yeah, I mean, they they, they become across as being daunting, don't they? You, you sort of, you think, uh, I was talking to William Exton today uh, on the plane, and, and he he did the, the test as well, and, you know, you, you get this um, sort of aura about a supercar, right, that you think it's this, it's this big monster of a thing where you see people like Shane driving them in such an amazing fashion and you just think, wow, it must be such a big step up to drive one. And then you actually get in one and it, and it all sort of comes together quite nicely. They're, they're, not, they're not as brutal and mean and tough as, as, what they, as what we make them out to be, are they? Yeah, yeah, like I was, I was definitely freaking out before the session. You know, it's, uh, I thought it was going to be a big, heavy car with a big V8. Thought I might have done a couple of spins, but like as you said, when you hop into them, they just they make so much sense and they're just so nice to drive. So, what was the reason behind the test? Well, there is obviously is there a strategic move here? Yeah, definitely. Like I think we we had a good year in eighty sixes, and before that, we had a good year in Formula Fords. So. My goal and dream is to become a supercar champion. So obviously I want to start working towards that. And I think this is a good step to sort of move towards that, you know, like obviously on, on the cards next year would be super free over here in Aussie. So I think doing that test verbis really got our name in the door and, and sort of gets our name out there. Uh, yeah. And I suppose the question everybody's going to look at times, what were your times like? Yeah, I think they were very competitive. You know, we, we spent some time with George, who's Brody's engineer, and he said, look, um, what we're doing is really good. And he said every time we came in, he was really happy with the progression that we were, that I was making and learning and listening to him. So I think that was the main thing. And I think the times are pretty competitive. Obviously, it's kind of hard to tell we stand up because it's uh, it, the car's got a little bit less aero than current-gen supercars. It's more on the pace of a Super 2 car. I, I suppose, really, uh, it's not an unfamiliar situation, is it, to take a car out, roll it around, and then get feedback. But in essence, when you're around supercars, it is different. Yeah, it, it is pretty different, you know. Like, um, yeah, it was just such an, uh, such an amazing experience. So what's next? You're talking about Super 3. What's the plan going forward? Is that going to be a realistic goal next year? Yeah, I think I think I've got a really good group of supporters at the moment, and they they know my dream, they know my goals. So I think with them, and hopefully you know find a few more, few more partners, and I think that could be a really realistic goal. As as the test went well, I think it went really well, and and the team were really happy too. So I think moving forward, that that is a realistic goal to try and achieve. And as you say, moving forward, is are you wanting to try and do a deal with Erebus? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the the the, the time that we spent yesterday, they were so good with us. They um they made me feel really comfortable in the car, and obviously they trusted me, which is um which is pretty crazy to trust a young teenager in a V8 supercar. So I think that it really bonded well. And if we can, if there is a deal there to move with Airbus, obviously that would be that would be amazing. But but yeah, just see what options are available. No, don't worry. If you if you damaged it, you you won't won't be allowed to leave the country. You'd be stuck there. Barry, Barry Ryan would uh, make sure that you were probably washing the floor, sweeping the floors with your toothbrush for the next, I don't know, 10 years until you'd paid off, paid off any damage. So don't worry about that. What's the yeah, exactly. what's the, what's the plan that when you get back? I mean, you're watching. You're at Sandown this week, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Are, are you getting access? You know, do you get a little bit more exclusive access? Are you a reserve driver? Have you have you signed up to be a reserve <laughs> driver? Are you going to poison someone so you can get a gig? I would absolutely love to do that. I think um, I think we'll need to talk to them, and uh, yeah, I think I think hopefully we can get some some bad food into Will or Brody the night before, and um, I'll just remind them that I'm at the back of the garage and, and ready to go. You know, <laughs> good strategy. Wow, listen listen mm. to Murph. You've got you'll go places. Mm. Might be behind bars, but apart from that, and there, it was announced this week too uh, that um, the current supercars will be Super Three. Uh, Super 2 next year. So the current Super 2 cars will be moved to Super 3 and the Mustang and the uh, ZB Commodore will be, be will become Super 2. That will make it even more competitive. Won't well, it? well it, it creates different challenges because it means that um, a Super 2 team needs to buy or have access to new cars. Oh right, okay. And there's, there's a lot of cost associated with that. So right? it might mean it might mean things uh, teams like Erebus could end up then just you know maintain re- retaining their cars and then expanding their operations to actually do super two as but well. That, again, we talk about numbers, right? Hey, Matthew, we, we're starting to talk amongst we're ourselves. About, yeah, yeah. I apologise for that, mate. Th- thanks for spe- uh, okay. giving us your time. Congratulations on the test, and we'll cross your fingers. What is it? Back to school now, or study, or what's the story? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's back to work. So I've finished school now. So uh, I've been doing a little bit of work for Downforce in New Zealand, which is uh, which has been awesome. It's been amazing as well. Just to be around cars is uh, is obviously awesome. You are so happy. You are so happy. It's so nice to hear, mate. Thanks for giving us your time here on Repco Race Control. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend, man. Yeah, Matthew McCutcheon. Okay, he is so happy. He's like bouncing he off. Just, was driving a supercar yesterday. Well, how could you? Why would you not be happy? I don't know. I'll never experience that. So there you, there you go. But you've driven. A, what did you feel like when you got out of a radical? Well, d- different because it had you and me. What yeah. did you? What, what did you feel like when you got out of a Toyota Six? Yeah, that's always a bit of fun. Yeah, I, I get it. Okay, it's that primal thing. Yeah, all right, I get it. Uh, while we're on the subject of supercars, we are talking to Shane Van Gisbergen in about fifteen minutes' time. I want to talk about the fact that uh, DJR have re-signed Anton Di Pasquale and Will Davison. And throughout this early part of the season, or chunk of the season, there has always been speculation: Will they re-sign Davo? Uh, so you're not. Well, you... no, that was because there was uh, rumours around Will Brown going there. That's right. Mm. That was I don't know a few a few months ago or whatever. No, it was. it was actually about a month ago because Erebus no, just recently, but Erebus only just re-signed Will and Brody, didn't they? So they only, so what they... happened to Brody's idea of NASCAR? He was going. No, he's, about... he's, no, that's still that's he's just going to go and do some events in between. I mean, we've only got a we've only got a twelve round or whatever championship in supercars. There's plenty of time to do other stuff. Look at what Shane does in bits and pieces. So see, so he could go, racing and, in NASCAR he could go and do some um, 
some events over there next year. He's got the contacts, and it'd be great if he did. It'd be awesome to see him doing something a little bit different. But so they resigned those two, and then straight away out the out the blocks comes the announcements around DJR and signing their two boys up again, and also um, a sell of a shareholding. Um, so the Ryan, Ralph family. Ryan Story's gone and sold a, a chunk of the team to the Ralph family. Strategic. Again, one, one, I mean, it's well, I suppose it means I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of DJR as in what Ryan's plans are um, and what he wants to get after. I mean, obviously, it's had some changes with Penske um, pulling the pin there um, a couple of years ago and taking Scott and packing up their bat and ball and going back to America. And so, you know, that that was obviously a, a, a big shift and a big challenge for the team as a whole. And um, so, Ryan's uh, clearly been sort of looking around and wanting to to maybe just take the pressure off, um, you know, his investment. And so he's found a, 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 an investor that's uh, got engagement with a lot of other sports in in Australia and uh, motorsport is add, adding to their portfolio. So yeah. it's interesting. Are you disappointed that DJR haven't threatened or challenged as much as we wanted them to or want them to? Yeah, I suppose that's one way of putting it, disappointed. I mean, I, I yeah. That's one way of um, explaining it, I suppose, that they haven't uh, managed to to actually be more of a challenge on a more consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they've both done done well. I mean, when the the conversation, you know, or the rumours were around that uh, Will Brown was maybe going there and David was going to miss out, I thought that was you know um, unjustified um, because I think he has done really well this year. Um, he's been a both of them have been good. Neither of them have been great. Um, but there really has only been one great. And everyone else has only been sort of good, and then it steps down from there down to mediocre and rubbish. Um, yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm disappointed too in uh, Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. I thought the challenge might have been stronger. Uh, Nick Perkout must be wondering whatever. That's Big- a little bit Dan Ricardo-ish, isn't it, with a Nick Perkout? It is a little bit, isn't it? It comes away and, and takes the obviously good money to go to WAU and has done Well, not zip. even that. I mean, he didn't just go and make those changes because of that. I, I, I thought it was a great move. I, mm, I was yes, like, man, that's awesome that WAU is stepping up and and removing themselves from that one, one um, pay driver, one pay driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of format they needed to that that you know that's not them they you know they've come from being this professional Holden Racing team, you know for a very long time top of the game top of the game so you know it's not it wasn't really their space but obviously financially that was important at the time so to take Nick Perkett on and 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 bring him in as a you know an equal um, with with Chaz Mostert and be paying him as well you know um, I would have said based on what they did last year and they won Bathurst remember. Um, that, you know, it was a no-brainer for Nick to go there and do that. So it's taken longer than I really thought it would uh, for him to, to find his um, find his wheels. I was just thinking, you know, uh, Nick Perkett, uh, right, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, problems, uh, Chip Ganassi, McLaren. There's one common denominator in all of this. Zach Brown. I oh, know, yeah, you tried. I'd already thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't willing to say it. Uh, no, I, I just didn't think of it again. But I was talking about it with Richie Stanaway yesterday, actually, or the day before, day before about that whole that so, whole situation. So what's, what's the common date and all Ooh. the drama going on? Zach Brown. Well, I don't know if he's the 
Yeah, well, well, no, he, well he's, well, he's, seen, he's well, probably the cause. He's definitely the cause of the F1, and the, the McLaren, and the, and the and the McLaren Arrow. Yeah. I, I, I was probably stretching it a bit far with that one, but but it, it, I don't think I don't think no. Phuket ones. Um, it just came to mind. Anyway. It's a long bow. It's twenty past nine. This is Repco Race Control. Not too far away from talking about the man that just simply dominates the dominant, the new dominator, Shane Van Gisbergen. Not too far away. Eight twenty-four. Shane Van Gisbergen, not too far away. Uh, Louis Sharp, uh, now fourth in British Air Fourth, sponsored by Road and Cars, like Liam Lawson. And I'm a little excited. I'm seeing a lot on my social socials now of the F Zero, the car that we saw must be four years ago in in wooden form at their uh, North Canterbury base. Remember we went. Remember we finished the show by going, "Ooh, wow, what's that?" I don't know if it was wooden form. He had a, he had already had a um, sort of moulded part. Parts of the car. I just remember the with the the bad acting we did, but looking at the car, going it reminded me of a wacky racer. No, it's a Batmobile. It looks like Batmobile. It is. It is. It, so if you get on if you get on the Road and Cars website, um, roadandcars.co.nz, no, roadandcars.com, um, and go on the F Zero. It, it's just it's incredible looking machine, and to think that the vast vast majority of the work has been Perfect. done in wire in North Canterbury is is just bonkers. But it is real. It is real and this thing is happening. Um the technical data is is just phenomenal. The, you know, top speed and depending on the aero configuration of three hundred and sixty odd kilometers an hour. I mean it's the you know, it's the power including the hybrid sort of unit electric motor that it's got on the back of the V ten four litre seventy two degree angle. Uh, engine, you know, combined, it's eleven hundred and seventy-six horsepower <laughs> at nine thousand RPM. I mean, it's got a thousand twenty-six newton meters of torque. It's um, <laughs> it's it's just mind blowing, and it's real. And I just cannot wait to see it. David Dicker has just uh, done uh, an amazing thing here, and he is so passionate, and he's got a dream, and he and man, he makes them happen. And, it's and, it's and, just outrageously and cool. As you said, there are a lot of young Kiwis. Have been a part of that, or, oh, yeah. uh, or, or if not all of them, he's have got been a, a part wonderful of it. team of young engineers that he uh, pulls out of the universities and stuff um, that are, are working there and and have this opportunity to be a part of something as spectacular as this. So the FZ, which um, I've had a drive of, and, and Liam did some uh, laps around some of the racetracks in New Zealand. Uh, not last, was it last summer? Uh, it was last summer. Last summer. Yeah, it was summer. Is is an amazing. F1 based uh, single seater race car with a um, you know a, a wonderful V8 Cosworth in the back yeah. of it, um, and uh, this is this is another level though the F Zero it is it's, it's no rules no limits just let's Still go reminds and build me of a wacky racer I just love the enclosed cockpit I yeah, think yeah. that that sells it for me spectacular the Roden F Zero they're saying they're going to launch it in May 23 originally he told us a uh, Sepang. Uh, because of the, the I t- think type things of track have changed a lot. I mean, yeah. it, it's been delayed because of you know you know what um, yeah. you know things have just taken a bit longer than than what it is. But but um, you know you want to have something like this right when you do put it on you, the track. You, you asked to, to to drive it. Are you going to get the drive? Do you think? I'm not. I'm not uh, sort of gone in that path lately. <laughs> but um, now that I'm, now that I'm looking at it on the <laughs> website, I'm, I'm, there might be a phone call tomorrow. Dave, hi, Dave, hi, Mr. Dicker, yeah, Mr. Mr. Dicker, it's Gregory here. Eight yeah. twenty. Seven. Shane Van Gisbergen next.
This is Repco Race Control at 8.32. Just trying to get uh, Shane on the line. Busy as he is, preparing for Sandown this weekend in Repco Supercars Championship. Uh, that were music from another movie, which was the Thor movie, the second to last Thor movie. Remember? With, and, uh, yeah, okay. oh, I don't remember that one. You don't you remember that one? I hey, remember the movie. I don't remember the movie. We mentioned this earlier on, but uh, Greg Murphy, John Bowe, uh, Paul Radisich, and one other name that comes to mind, Stephen Richards all lining up for the historic races at Pukekohe. How does that does that make you feel good that you'll get one real last crack at the, the track? No, it's not a real one last crack. It's just it's just well, actually going it's out. A and it's a race. It's a race. It's not a race. It's a demonstration. I mean, it's it's to oh. go and actually showcase awesome, you know, old school, you know, how many eras ago um, equipment, um, you know, at a great race track. And and you know, with supercars being there, the last one, that's what makes it special. So to actually be there, have a huge field of historic touring cars. 33 on the grid. Yeah. Um, it's is, is just going to be make the whole spectacle of the event um, what it should be. And that's what I'm looking forward to. RS500. That's, I, yeah, I still think Sarah that's Cosworth. That's Sarah Cosworth, RS500. Uh, one of the coolest cars going around uh, in, in that era. Shane Van Gisbergen would know all about that because I think, I think... He's a fan. He's a fan. You're a fan. Dad's got one in the RS500, garage. Hasn't he, hasn't he, Shane? Hey, hey guys, yeah, yeah, Dad's got one of them in the garage again now, which is pretty cool. Shane's not allowed to drive it either, which is good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm owed a drive of it, actually. You are owed one? Yeah, yeah. Since since my, um, when I won the Formula Ford Championship, actually, he said, <laughs> if I won it, I got to drive it. And uh, after that year, he he, um, he sold it, so I never got to drive it. But he just bought it back, so I've been waiting until I'm allowed. Have you have you have you actually bought it up or are you just waiting for him to remember? Oh no, I've brought it up. Oh you yeah. <laughs> Of course you have. <laughs> hey mate, um we were just talking about Pukekohe. It'll be a special time this this year for you and the rest of the supercars field. You're looking forward to cranking it one last time in anger? Oh yeah, it's um it's a real shame that that track is, is finally closing, I guess. Um it's one of the the homes of, of supercars, or it is the home of supercars in New Zealand. And we had a few years at Hamilton, but when we went back to mm. Pukki, like it meant just so much more. So it's what I grew up watching and I guess fell in love with supercars mm. watching at Pukekohe. Um So, yeah, it's, it's a shame that it's, it's finally come to an end, but it's been threatening for so many years, I guess, to, to finish. But now the, the time's finally come. What is your favourite part of that track when you're at speed? Oh, the the whole thing. Like you, you start the you start the lap and you've got to have massive commitment at turn one to to you know start it. Trust your tyres are going to be there. Then you've got to get a big run onto the straight. But also, you know, you got to hold your breath when you finish the lap as well. Like <laughs> you think you're on a good lap, but then you've got to have huge balls to finish the lap as well. And if you get it wrong there, there's huge consequences, and it's uh, it's a proper proper driver's track. It rewards bravery and commitment, but also you just got to trust trust your car's going to stick as well. It's one of the one of the coolest feelings when you know that you've got the car underneath you to do the job. You just get you just get huge confidence, and then of course the crowd gives you mm. extra extra um, belief as well. It's it's a, it's a cool feeling. So if um You've won two of the say let's hypothetically you you win two of the uh the races. Is it three races at Pookie this year? Is it three? 
three. Yeah, three. So you win. You win the first two, right? Say you win the first two, and and then and then Andre's behind you, and you're winning the last one, and he's never won there. <laughs> Do you go, nah, mate? It's mine. I don't care. Yeah, you know, that's what I expect you to say. Would you give him? Would you give him? Give him? Give him the feeling of winning one race. Can you, can you say that again without laughing? <laughs> <laughs> you can ask me what I would do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same I'd, answer. I'd flip, the mirror, I'd flip the mirror upside down and truck mm. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, these these are all the obvious questions, though. I mean. I mean, now that it's the last one, man, the motivation is even—I'm, I, I you know—is even more. And, and not that you need much at the moment with the form, but it's—it's it's, you, yeah. you're going to want to dot every I and cross every T to make sure it happens. Clearly, oh, 100 percent. I uh, for sure, like when I turn up for the weekend, I'll treat it like all the others. And but you know, at the moment, especially with all the news, like it's for sure going to be be so much more to me, and mm. it's going to be even harder for me to switch my brain and to treat it like a normal race. Like it's already hard enough to do when you got all the extra friends and, and support there, but you know, this one's got so much meaning. So it's going to be pretty hard to, hard to keep level headed and grounded yeah. about it and have, have a, 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 you know, relaxed approach because it means so much, but you know, the, I think I've won that Jason Richards trophy twice now. And like, it is the most, it's one of the highest or my favorite yeah. accomplishments in racing. Like it's one of the coolest things to have Jace's parents and, and family there. Like it's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the greatest things in racing. So yeah, to do well there means so much to everyone in our sport. So it's not just going to be me or Andre. It's going to be everyone in the field wanting to get a result there to go out on a high. Says a lot for the track too. I think it says a lot for what Pukekohe has given uh, race car drivers and also race car fans. But we've got Sandown this weekend, buddy. And I think you told us well, would have been three or four weeks ago on Sky Speed. You needed a at least a full round heading into Bathurst to feel comfortable uh, going into Bathurst because there's 300 points on the line. You're pretty much there, uh, but you'll still be pushing hard to increase that lead this weekend. Yeah, well, Sandown's actually another track in the same boat, another mm. track around a horse track that horses are taking over. So I think Sandown's in its last year, potentially. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to finish up here. It's another great track that we race at. But, yeah, the points lead, uh, we didn't expect to be so quick at Tatum Bend, and it worked out awesome there. We end up winning all three. So, yeah, that's that's sort of been my aim the last few rounds is to try and get a, a free Bathurst, I guess, you know, so with 300 points for a weekend available, I can go out and just have a full crack at winning the race. And if it goes pear-shaped, still have a have a championship lead. So um, I guess we just got to maintain that until Bathurst and then, then see where we're at. Mate, last year, last year when you were there, you were bloody um, holding on to a few few injuries. That's a, that seems like an, does it seem like an eternity to go? Bloody hell. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I I don't remember anything from the race. Like, wow. Andrew, my engineer's been trying to ask questions about the car and <laughs> how the weekend was, but I have no idea. And I, I watched the races back, as I normally do, for, for study. And, like, watching the interviews and stuff, you can see my eyes are just dead. Like, I have, <laughs> I have nothing inside. Like, I was on some pretty good stuff that weekend. <laughs> 
but but when you but when you think about doing that, a feat that seems totally ridiculous, injured, let's be, be yeah. blunt, and you go and clean up, you got to say yeah. that's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, it's one of the best things I've ever done. But I just wish I can remember. Could, <laughs> could remember to to soak it in to enjoy it, you know? Because honestly, I I can't really remember the feelings of it. It's a good track too. Right. I mean, you said before, you know, it's probably on its legs. I mean, can you only imagine how much the land, the land that that racetrack is on, is worth to a some sort yeah. of you know development company or whatever? I mean, it's it's probably a billion dollars. Who knows? But um, uh, it, but I I always liked the track. You know, it's it's again, it's it doesn't look like much on a on a piece of paper, but it's it's I don't know it's something about it. It's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it's one. It's a really cool track, and mm. you've got to fully hustle the car across the curbs and stuff. So it's pretty re- rewarding. It's a shame we don't do the five hundred k race here anymore because I always used to yeah. like that. But it's not too bad for sprint races either. You can pass pass people as well if you got a faster car. So. Well, you have. But it's one of the be- one of the better tracks. You have a faster car than anyone it would appear in in two thousand and twenty two. So let's talk about something that you'd also love, and that's rallying. We spoke to Harry Bates earlier this evening, yep. and uh, he's quite cool. excited about having a crack at you in the WRC two section of uh, Repco Rally New Zealand. <laughs> he's worrying about having a crack at me. <laughs> I don't know where he's set the sights that low. But oh, think, God, uh, here we go. <laughs> well, we asked right. him. I said, we, we said, he came out and said, it was really amazing to see how well you, you got going in that Canberra, Canberra rally. Loved it. And then you were matching times for times. And we just said, were you annoyed? <laughs> and he said, well, actually, yeah, I was a little bit. <laughs> With respect. Oh, no. Respectfully, no, he, respectfully. He, he backed off on the second day, I think. But yeah, yeah for, for sure, it's still it's awesome to have him yeah. in there. And it's awesome Toyota give him the permission to yeah, do it as well. Exactly. They don't, they don't have a they don't have a R5 car. So to let him do that, I think, is an awesome opportunity for him. And the talent that he's got, um, I think... It's going to be an opportunity for him to show that on the world stage in New Zealand. So it's pretty pretty cool for him, and I'll probably be uh, following his wheel tracks, seated behind him, I guess. But it's going to be a pretty awesome competition, and um, I, I was pleasantly stoked with how quick I was at Hawke's Bay, even though I made a silly error and stuck it off the road. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the pace gap is to Hayden Patton and the other mm. international WRC2 guys. So I'm sure the level is a lot higher. Like, I I haven't got through a stage yet and gone, oh, shit, that was it. I couldn't go any quicker. Like, mm. there's, there's another level that I still think I can get to, but where that is, you know, you're not going to know until you're on the stages with the world's best. So it's going to be interesting to see how I stack up, but also... I think I'll have a different mentality. Like I just, I just want to get to Sunday. I'm not there to get results on the first day, so I plan to settle in a lot more than I did at Hawks Bay. The um, uh, I think a lot of people don't realise too is, is you know, Repco Rally New Zealand, the size of the field, uh, how many cars will be entered and actually running, which in comparison to a lot of other rallies are part of the World Championship around the world, they don't have a, a massive big field of of other cars. Um, following them, do they? Yeah, yeah like the support categories will be awesome. Obviously, you'll have eight to ten of the WRC1 cars, and then I'm not sure how many WRC2 R5 spec cars are coming, but then you've got the depth of the, the New Zealand field, and that's one thing I couldn't believe at Hawke's Bay when 
you know, you're looking at the top 15, 20 cars in the field. Mm. It's pretty awesome the machinery in New Zealand at the moment. Like, rallying in New Zealand is in a really cool place, and um, it's it's awesome to see. And then I guess the momentum's been building up for WRC Rally. There'll be a, probably a couple more coming out of the sheds as well. So mm. it's good to see it. Hey, uh, good news, uh, by the way. Um, got my new GoPro Hero <laughs> 10 uh, last week. Oh, yeah. mm. How much did that cost you? Mate, I tell you, this is what you do. I tell you, GoPro have got, and I'm going to give them the wrap here, they have got the best deal. You subscribe. It costs you like 50 bucks a year to subscribe to GoPro, and they replace two cameras every year for free. Really? So is, are so you I sending sent, SVG that invoice? No, no, I don't, there's no invoice. <laughs> so, oh, listen, you oh, actually... I'm just happy I made an Apex. Oh, mate, well, you're the only one that did, and that, that says something. <laughs> that says something. So anyway, I got my new camera. Thank you, GoPro. Well done. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no not, problem. Yeah. Yeah, they're very good. Hey, uh, what have, you, have you done anything spectacular in between uh, race meetings? Uh, race GT cars at Queensland Raceway a couple of weeks ago, and... Actually, like Queensland Raceway now is an epic place. Tony Quinn's bought that and yep. transformed it. And the track is still the same, but you go there and it's actually Facility. a pretty cool place now. Yeah. It's a cool cool place to go. What, okay, I, saw, I missed that. Did you say GP car? GT. GT. Oh, GT in the, in, in the Merc. He's in the Merc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh so just, just, just keep the hand in again, right? Yeah, yeah. Just something else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Miles, which is always always handy. All right, well, it's always a pleasure talking to you and uh, have a weekend. Lots, lots of lots of things. Have a great weekend, and uh, you know we're behind. Is you. it going to be wet? Oh, I have no idea. We we couldn't make our minds up in the in the uh, meeting today. So, oh. <laughs> 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 no, no, but well, no. you you have Fair a direct enough. you have direct line with upstairs. No, clearly not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah, who knows? I think uh, I'm not too stressed about it because yeah. Melbourne it can change pretty quick. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Shane. Go well, well, mate. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 8.46. This is Repco Race Control. Can I just say, I don't know I don't know what's going on, but Shane Van Gisbergen is a completely different beast than he was a year ago when talking to him. I, 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 I don't know what has changed, but it is such a joy to talk to him. Uh, he gives you so much more, uh, and it is so much fun. Oh well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's be honest. We we know he was he, he was never a fan of talking to people, right? Yeah, but and but, things but have changed. Is, but this is very different. I know, but it's he is, you know he probably doesn't do a lot of this, and he's talking to two blokes he knows and stuff. I don't know, and you know we're trying to, and we're talking about rallying, and we're talking about other stuff. We're not yeah, just we're not yeah. just trying to ask him the same questions. For me, maybe, it's just a maybe. noticeable change, and yeah. it, and it's such a refreshing change. I mean, because uh, to be to be honest, the the thing is. With what he's doing, you know, so goddamn well, you know, it gets very repetitive. You know, the winning he can, you want to be repetitive. You want you. That's the yeah. goal is to be the most repetitive person you can possibly be when by crossing the start finish line. The challenge is but the questions everything that come else. At them. <laughs> everything else after that is there's nothing new. Yeah, you know, there's nothing. They, you know, it's the same, it's the same, the same, the same, and. And uh, when you when you're stacking up the numbers as quickly as what he is on a regular basis, I mean, you're just like, oh, well. Supercars TV need to up their game probably because mm. like you can see as soon as the question's asked and you've heard before, you can see go, yeah, yeah thanks, good, had yeah, enough, it's enough. Yeah, right. Yeah. Eight forty-seven. We'll wrap up the show shortly.
6.52. This is time to wrap up Repco Race Control. And it has been a good Repco Race Control for a number of reasons. Great chats with people. If you missed it, you can go onto our uh, app and look up Repco Race Control podcast and listen to it all again. All the joyousness in it. Joyousness. Joyousness. Well, I was just making your word up. Having Murph in the studio is always a, a bumper. A bumper. Bonus uh, tomorrow. Uh, you're busy. You, you are always busy right now. But uh, some more Repco rally duties. Well, yeah, we're just starting to put together a whole lot of information and and uh, for all the rally fans that are uh, going to be out exploring the amazing scenery and rally roads. Seventeen for, stages, correct? I think so. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. reading seventeen stages. Mm. Uh, does it appear? Does it feel like to you, even though you're intimately involved? that there is a real sort of vibe going on about this rally, that, that's something that people have been so. waiting for and they just can't wait to get out well, we're and doing see a very, it. We're doing a very good job, and Rally New Zealand are doing a very good job of exposing it to the masses to let them know it's happening. And we, I think it's also because we're proud of it. We're, I mean, and they should be. Rally New Zealand, um, you know, PJ, Michael, uh, all the team there that are putting in so much effort and have done for years and then COVID destroying all, everything and then to have it come back. The the effort that they've put in and, and, and I think people are responding because it's it, it's a big deal. It's a, And we're realising what a big deal it is to have this world championship come down here. And again, we've got history. You know, there's, there's amazing history and... and um, you know, from the past of the the event being here in the past, and you know, there's just great stories, and it's just awesome. And and I say, it really does showcase um, the following and the support and the love of that of this form of motorsport in New Zealand. Yeah, it was funny. You, you talk about the history, and I was down in Hamilton the other day and popped in and and uh, saw Possum's old. Rally, mm, his, his first no, his first rally car. Oh, his first, his, oh. his first rally car there, and it was at the wingers in there. And uh, oh, right. Paul Berbera oh, and Hamilton uh, has yeah. has the what his uh, not his first yep. true uh, uh, Subi in there. And it was, and you talk about the history, and you go, yeah, and and it, and, it, and we're twenty twenty two, but there's nothing wrong with remembering the legacy of what what he he gave to this country. Oh, and completely, and you know, even, even the likes of the late uh, Roger Frith, right, yeah, yeah, you know, those sorts of people. And then totally to have that come back. Even now, I'm getting goosebumps, and I've actually never been on. And watch the stage yeah. live, and maybe that's something I need to do. Oh, hunt! Well, geez, if you don't this time round, I'll probably not talk to you again. Yeah, was that a bad thing? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm being I'm being a dick. Uh, so it's, you it's have a, to get out there. Yeah, I I think so. It's re, it's really important. Mm. Hey, by the way, while you're in Australia, I just want to say you, supercars on t- yeah. going around Bathurst at the moment on TV. Yeah, what's that? Is that on Sky Sport it's Five, which is our motorsport channel? Starting to get excited. You starting to get a little little bit of a little bit of a buzz going on, maybe. Oh, look at that. Supercars. That's yeah, they're going really fast, Murph. Bathurst. And it's an E series. No, no, that was real stuff though. That was real stuff. The E series doesn't get me excited. That's for sure. Well, we're excited that the livery's finally out. We will not miss you. And, and in the sense that we will be able to see you yeah, very, long way away. very clearly. And I'm glad to hear that uh, Richie's times are good. Yours are better because you were one point four behind last time and we didn't even talk times this time, but you're feeling better. Yeah, I was one point three nine behind this time. You're kidding me, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're done. You're probably tired. You need to go to bed, and it's been a long day for everybody. Uh, thanks, folks. That was Repco Race Control. Uh, control. As always, Sanjay, fine job. Choice of music, Good spectacular. Music, Made Murph's night. We shall talk to you again next Thursday. This has been Repco Race Control on SENZ. Ciao.